You're now listening to The Electrical Current, a podcast series brought to you by the independent electrical contractors. Welcome to the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. I'm your host for the show, IEC National CEO, Spencer Vilwalk. During this podcast series, we'll talk with folks throughout America that helped make the electrical and systems contracting industry truly great. Today, our featured guest, is Tom Alexander of Atkins Tang. Tom has been a great and long-standing supporter of IEC on the local and national level. He's passionate about Merit Shop and the advancement of our apprentices and our industry. Tom currently serves as the chairman of the IEC Foundation, a philanthropic organization dedicated to fund, promote, and support educational opportunities in the electrical and communications industry. And as a responsible partner and stakeholder, the IEC Foundation is dedicated to improving the electrical profession, and the quality of life in our communities. Tom, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today, and I'd like to officially welcome you to IEC National Podcast, The Electrical Current. Well, thank you, Spencer. It's kind of an honor to be included in on something like this. That was a heck of a introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know that guy that I was talking about? Is it sound yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's just Good. a regular guy. Just a regular guy. That's just a regular yeah. guy. Well, that's that's great. And and um, you know, well, let's tell it. Tell us a little bit about this this regular guy. Who is Tom Alexander? Where where'd you grow up? And and we'll just kind of start there. Well, um, I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh-huh. And I was raised on the west side of Cincinnati, and um, that's more of, you know, it's got your affluent neighborhoods, and it's got, you know, your blue-collar neighborhoods and things like that. And, you know, we're kind of on the border. We grew up in uh, in my grandfather's house once he passed away, and then mom and dad, we moved into that. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, went from there, you know. So, um, yeah, west side of Cincinnati is what yeah. I had to call yeah. Born and bred in Cincinnati, and uh, have, you're, you're still you still live in the Cincinnati area. I know. Have you have you ever uh, you ever lived anywhere else, or you, you love Cincy for the town that it is? Well, no, I really haven't had other residents. Um, yeah, I've always lived on the west side of Cincinnati, and it's kind of like a creature of habit. Yeah. But you know, I've been with Axis Dang going on uh, February seventh will be twenty nine years. So. You know, I'm happy with where I'm working. I'm happy with what they have me doing. And, you know, I don't really see a reason to move out of state or anything like that because, yeah. Yeah. you know, but if it was up to my wife, we'd live somewhere on the beach. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm kind of comfortable with where we're at. So Understood. that's just some of our hopes and dreams. So maybe when we Understood. retire. Understood. Understood. And I, I'm curious. Yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about how you how you got into the electrical trade. Did you have somebody in your family, or is there an influence? Maybe a you know somebody in your past that introduced you to it, or what got you interested to go down this this pathway? Well, the the path to the electric trade was not really an easy one at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I could go back to high school, and um, I was a three sport athlete in high school. I played mm-hmm. football, basketball, and ran track. Um, you know, everything was good. You know, hey, life's yeah. good, you know, jock, you know. Yeah. And um, it was probably my senior year about April, May, April, March, March, April, right around there. 
Okay, Jack's winding up, and well, I'm not really going to go to college. Mm-hmm. So now I got to get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a buddy of mine told me, he goes, hey, this roofing company's hiring. So I went mm-hmm. down and applied. And, and I was like, yeah, care, we'll hire you. Yeah, so my first job out of high school was working for a roofing company. Roofer. For four a, yeah, for $4.50 an hour. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow, you're making a buck. So, yeah, well, we were working 50-hour weeks, and you know, I'd get a paycheck, and I was like, yes, and I was rich. But, yeah. You know, living at home still and all that, you know, it was, you know, you'd go through some growing pains and learning lessons. So, anyway, uh, worked in the roofing industry for a little bit. I had a friend of mine, he's since passed, but he said, you know, after I'd worked there for a few years, he's like, how much do you make, Thomas? Well, I'm happy I'm, I'm, I'm making like seven bucks an hour. And uh, he's like, well, I've been here for, I forget how long it was, it was a long time. He's like, I only make eight. He goes, listen, mm-hmm. kid, get out of this trade. This trade will kill you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. Take well, heed, so take heed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it just so happened that um, my brother-in-law, uh, his father owned a plumbing company. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, we're looking for, you know, we're looking for apprentices and stuff. So I was like, well, I'll give the plumbing thing a try. What the heck? Well, you know, when you go into a family business, and your family, I was like more of an outlaw than, you know, anything else. Mm-hmm. Either it works or it doesn't. And uh, it just, it didn't work. You know, I, I tried. They tried. Um, you know, the reality was, was it just wasn't, you know. They were a small company. They had a hard time keeping me busy. And I just was, you know, back then I was in my early 20s. And I was a million mm-hmm. miles an hour. So yeah. uh, I used to play yeah. softball. I played, uh, when I, really? after I graduated, I yeah. played softball and played touch football and things like that. So a buddy of mine huh. was like, hey, uh, you know, I was looking for a job, you know, because I knew this plumbing thing wasn't going to work out. So yeah. Yeah. I put my application in at this um, place called Bob Pulpy Chevrolet. And I was going to be a service writer. I put in, applied for a service writer's job because a friend of mine told me, he goes, hey, they're looking for people they might hire you. You never know. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't hear mm-hmm. anything. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, another buddy of mine I was playing softball with said, hey, I'm working for this electrical outfit. And, you know, he seems like an all right guy. You know, it's just a guy in two vans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I'll go talk to this guy. So I went and talked to that guy. And, you know, I didn't hear nothing for about a week. And then it was probably a, probably a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I got a phone call from this Bob Pulte okay. saying, hey, uh, you know, we reviewed your application and uh, we'd like to get you in and, uh, you know, get you started. You know, oh, like, wow, okay. wow. Yeah. Well, then I hung the phone up and not 10 minutes later, this other contractor, electrical contractor, called me and said, hey, uh, you know, I'm looking to hire you. Mm-hmm. You know, so what do you want? You know, you want to come work for me? I was like, well, you yeah. know, uh, I kind of got off the phone with them, and, you know, I sat there, and I was, if you look back now, it's kind of strange, because sitting at my parents' house, and yeah. this little, you know, where the where you had the corded phone back then, yep. you know, that's how old I am, you know, it was like, okay, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do, you know, and I was like, 
you know, I, I think I need to go work for the electrical trade because if I get into this car deal, I don't think that's going to – I'm better with my hands than I am, yeah. you know, anything else. So I went and, you know, started working for this electrical company. It was, it was a small company, and uh, since then – uh, I'll, I'll kind of back up or move uh, yeah. forward or back up, however you want to go. But I'm glad I didn't take the car job because the company's ended up folding, and now the no kidding. it's like yeah, the place is like a park. <laughs> you know, it's the administration really? building for the local township, and it's a park yeah. now. So yeah, that worked out good for me. So uh, yeah, so I went to work for an electrical contractor. There was uh, the owner. And there was three of us, so there was four of us okay. total. Yeah. And um, you know, I didn't know any better. I was mm-hmm. how old was I at the time? I was yeah, probably like twenty-two. Mid- yeah, early mid. I was probably twenty-two. Yeah, because yeah, okay. I you know graduated high school, did the roofing thing, did the yeah. You know, so um, it was just different because mm-hmm. we were doing small jobs, and you know he was. You know, I get it now that I'm older. You know, yeah. small the companies it was, really had to hustle, really had to, you know, do a lot. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it just wasn't always work. You yeah. know, so it was kind of you know, difficult. So he was, his people skills weren't the best, mm-hmm. I feel. And it was hard to relate to this guy. Mm-hmm. He would have us show up at his shop at 6, and then we'd drive to the job site, and then our time wouldn't start till 7. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I mean, it was kind of felt like I was getting taken advantage of. So I ran into a friend of mine mm. that was working for Atkins and Stang at the time. Okay. And uh, he was from, I've known this guy since sixth grade. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And go way back. I was like, yeah, yeah go way back. And go, hey, uh, they hiring there? And he's like, well, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go ask, you know. So he called me up later that night and said, yeah, Fred would like to get you in for an interview. So I go, great. So, yeah, I did what every, you know, 22-year-old would do. I called my uh, boss that morning and said, hey, I'm not feeling good today. I'm not coming in. <laughs> I told him to get his job interview. Yeah. And uh went to the job interview, and at that time I was making six seventy-five, and I started out with Fred making 6 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, the trade-off there was he was going to send me to school. So I thought that was cool, right? You know? Help you help you advance, yeah. Yeah, help me advance. So I went in the following day to my old job and you know said you know I was moving on and um, I still remember this like it was yesterday. He looked at me and said, "I know those guys. You'll never make it there." Mm-hmm. And that was something that you know kind of shocked me at first, but I've always had in the back of my mind that. I wasn't let this guy beat me, you know. And um, you know, karma is a, a real strange thing. It is, you know. It is. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, so I went to work for Fred and went through the apprenticeship school. Mm-hmm. At that time, we didn't in Cincinnati. We didn't have a concrete mortar building. We were renting places. We were okay. at the at the local uh, university and their area where they had us and uh mm-hmm. yeah, I went through my four years there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Went through four years there and 
Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, truth be told, I know this is being public, and this is something everybody's going to find me. It took me five years to get through the four-year plan, okay? So, you, you, loved, you, you, you loved it that much. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, it was just, uh, you know, the math, the math got me a little bit. You know, being out of school a little bit. And, me too. You know, getting back into it, you know, kind of gets you, so. So anyway, I went through the apprenticeship program, and I graduated, I think, in like 96 or something like that. Yes. Yeah. In 97, I told Fred, I said, you know, hey, when I went through school, you know, those guys, nobody really paid attention. Yeah, and I know that mm-hmm. down at IEC, they have these apprenticeship meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to, I want to start paying attention. Yep. yep. You know? And um, I was fortunate enough that Fred understood where I was coming from and saw that as, you know, a way to advance, you know, everything in our company, you know. Because if you don't have a good apprenticeship program in your company, your company, I feel, and this is just my experience, it doesn't happen sure. everywhere, but I don't, I sure. just feel that the company's going to go nowhere because you're not educating and you're not performing off of the education that you've learned. You know, mm-hmm. if we all, if we're all working off of, well, Joey's the smart one. He's going to tell us all what to do. Well, we're in trouble as a company. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's not how Atkinson Stanley rolled. So, right. Right. he allowed me to start going to the apprenticeship and training meetings, and yeah, I got into the apprenticeship and training meetings, and I just for the first probably three to five months, I just Went in, sat down, and listened. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Gotcha. And you know, I was probably sitting there saying, "Please don't call on me. Please don't call on me." <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. You know, right. I just wanted right. to listen and find out. You know, how this thing was going on. Learn. You know? Yeah. And, learn. Learn more about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a point where I thought I was very valuable was when they started talking about the apprentices, you know, why they're not doing this and why they're not doing that. So I felt that back then I brought a really good perspective to the apprenticeship and training committee because I just graduated and I've been through this program and I understand what the apprentices are going through, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're on a job site, it's the middle of winter, you're cold all day, you know, and, um, you know, you got to get home. Yeah. get changed or whatever, or leave the job site and go straight to school. I mean, it makes it right. tough. Right, you know? right. So, you know, I was able to bring some perspective there. So I started out, you know, on the apprenticeship and training committee. I've been on there ever since. And uh just kind of evolved. So then yeah. it was 2001 was mm-hmm. when we had 9-11. Is that correct? I think yes, it was. that's correct. Yeah, yep. So... They, uh, the IEC, I found out through the Apprenticeship and Training Committee that the IEC was having a convention in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Uh, in Vegas in 2001. Oh, yes. Right, yeah. right after. It, that was, that right after. was right after. Um, correct. Nine, yeah, the tragedy of 9-11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah correct. And, uh, hmm. you know, I was like, and this was before 9-11. I was lining myself up and, you know, talking yeah. to Fred. Because, you know, I really think it's a good opportunity. Da, da, da. And he's like, you know what? Go for it. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, go for it. That's great. Like, yeah. Okay. Full support. Full so, support. That's terrific. Yeah. Full support. So, 
I ended up going for it. And, um, you know, I took care of, you know, I work with our company and work on company safety with our company. So I was drawn to the safety aspect mm-hmm. that National IC had to offer. And, you know, over the years, our company has really thrived through the uh, National Safety Committee, being my participation on it, but yet what the committee develops and sends out. And, you know, I hope that, you know, contractors get some of that material, but, you know, you never know, you know. But, um, so, yeah, 2001 was when I started working on, you know, getting involved nationally. That's you know? great. Wow. So I'd say the first few years, you know, I would just show up for convention only, and that was mm-hmm. it. And, you mm-hmm. know, I'd listen, and, you know, it was pretty neat, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Then, and, uh, you're gaining insights, bringing them back to to your company, yeah. bringing them back. Yeah, yeah. Building yeah, some relationships I mean, probably, too, you know, starting to meet people. Oh, yeah. I mean, the relationships are, are really wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's funny because, you know, the relationships you build over the years, um, my niece, she's my goddaughter, she turned into a travel nurse. And yeah. the first place she went was Phoenix. So I was like, well, I have friends out there in Phoenix. Here's their numbers. I don't expect you to call them, but just if you get in any <laughs> trouble, call you these got, people. You got a you. friendly face to call, right. Yeah, my sister, my, my my sister and my niece looked at me and goes, okay, you know. Fortunately, she didn't have to use anything in Phoenix. And then um, she left Phoenix after her stop there, and then she went to Denver. So I sat her down again. I go, I have these friends out there out in Denver. If you're getting any yeah. trouble, call these people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And finally she looked at me and goes, where don't you have friends? <laughs> like, oh, well, probably up north a little bit, you know, Iowa. <laughs> you know, hey. but... I'm from Iowa. You got a friend right well, here. I do have John. a friend in Iowa. There you go. There you go. But, you know, it's that is what has developed for myself and our company is the relationships. Um, you know, we were, you know, just two months ago, or a month ago, actually, you know, like the owner of my company, Fred, well, he calls me up and says, hey, we're down in Louisville. We got this problem. Do you have any friends down there that can help us out? And within a matter of a phone call in 10 minutes, it was done. It was dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know, that's the kind of support that you get as an IEC contractor you know, that is involved and you know, understands what relationship building is all about. Right, so right. You know, we moved on from there and yeah, I was on, I've been on the safety committee since I think the 2002 because I couldn't join until after you know 2001 was my first year and I couldn't join it 2000 you know that year so I joined it in 2002 so I've been on there ever since and mm-hmm. um, you know so we moved forward a little bit and you know through the relationship building um, they were starting a workforce development task force and. Uh, we had some IEC contractors involved. We had some IEC um, chapters involved, executive directors. And mm-hmm. Dennis Thomas, he was out of the Chesapeake chapter. He's out of Grant's chapter. Mm-hmm. He got involved, and you know, he was a past president, and he was looking for something to do. And the workforce development was, you know, a workforce shortage is what we were looking at nationally. And 
he wanted to put a task force together to talk about what the needs are and of contractors and you know how national could help or you know guide in the right direction you know just another asset of you know, national to the contractor to the chapter yep. so we worked on that for I think it was about a better part of a year or so and um you know, we went ended up going from a task force to a uh, full blown committee. Okay. And uh the uh the first task and Dennis for some reason stepped down from the task force and mm-hmm. you know, we're kinda just kinda looking at each other and you know, it's like, Okay, now what do we do? And um Larry Mullins approached me at the time and Larry Mullins was the executive vice president mm-hmm. at the time and mm-hmm. he said, you know, would you be interested in being a chairman of the National Workforce Development Committee? Yeah. I was like, sure. <laughs> what What am I signing up for? <laughs> yeah. I didn't really know what I was signing up for here, you yeah. know. And uh, so I was like, okay, yeah. And uh, I had a really, really good liaison from the IEC. I had John Mansbrook, who was, you know, very intricately involved in it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, me and my big mouth, you know, I was asked, you know, what are you guys going to, you know, what exactly is this Workforce Development Committee going to do? And I said, well, we're going to we're gonna promote a video. We're going to make a video, and we're going to get it out to all the chapters so that mm-hmm. all the chapters can use this video. Yep. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so this was, you know, when this all happened, this all happened at the 50th year of the IEC because we were in Houston mm-hmm. because I remember after that we went down to Atlanta for a caucus and not a caucus, a um, a retreat. It was uh, all committee chairmen and the executive committee and, you know, we were kind of, it's like a directional retreat and uh, there was some uh, partners there. Yeah. And, you know, I, if anybody knows, I have a bad habit. I know I'm working on it, but I smoke. And mm-hmm. uh, I was outside, and I was talking to Mark Satterswade, who worked for the Eaton Corporation at the time. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Since Mark has passed, you know, God yeah. rest his soul, he's a wonderful man. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, he's like, well, Mr. Chairman, how do you like it? I was like, Mark, I'm in trouble. He goes, what's wrong? <laughs> I told him we'd get this video together, and we've been looking at it, and it's going to cost a ton of money to get this yeah. thing done. Yeah. And in the Mark Satter's weight way, he just smiled and chuckled and says, Tommy, I think I can help you out. <laughs> I was like, really? He goes, we have a recording studio and people that do that stuff down in Knoxville. Okay? And... uh I'll talk with uh, Jim Golly and uh, we'll we'll figure something out. I was like, okay. So we started to pursue that, and uh, we put together a team because you know, we wanted some we wanted some input, some insight. So we uh, recruited because you know, since we're going to Knoxville, we're like, okay, who can we recruit that make right. it easy on? Me? Yeah. So we recruited Niles mm-hmm. from the Atlanta Niles Dawson. We, yep. Yeah. Yep. And we recruited Walt 
Well, sorry, Memphis chapter. Mid South and Memphis, yeah. Yeah. And I said it was myself and Steve Veneer. And, uh, you know, we, we, it was, it's, the videos now, it's it's a little bit old and outdated, but, you know, if you think about it at the time, you know, it was really cool to put together because we sent, we sent, um, Niall, the video crew first, mm-hmm. and then we sent Walt the video crew after that, mm-hmm. and then the video crew came to us. And what we did was we just we took them out in the field, took them out on jobs, let them interview, you know, the apprentice, the owner, yeah, yeah. you know, and then we put out there, you know, what the opportunities are and how you can grow. So when we went to Atlanta. We launched a video at the mm-hmm. uh, welcome reception, the keynote session, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that was probably one of the. I, I really feel that that was probably one of my prouder moments of right. being an IUC member. Yeah, because yeah. To you give know, that back, give that back to the whole industry. You know. Yeah, and yeah. you know to give these chapters the opportunity to have something. Yeah. You know, that came out of our committee, you know, was, you know, I was very excited about and very proud of, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that had their hand in it. And, you know, we made sure that everybody got thanked and everybody got recognition. But, yeah, so then, you know, we went, you know, on and we developed some relationships nationally with 4-H and um other avenues as mm-hmm. far as let's say we're 4-H and Skills USA and stuff like Skills that. Skills USA, yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. And uh yeah, so we went really well. So um then uh yeah, since then we've moved on to you know uh, Gene Meany had uh cornered me one day and uh <laughs> he said and I always like to tell you, he said he he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. anybody listening <laughs> understands Gene, they'll, they'll kind of chuckle on that one. But uh, he had he had offered me a, a position on the foundation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, well, let me think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I want to, you know, I, I want to, I don't want to say, oh, yeah, you know, and, and not, you know, think, you know, have a process of thinking about it. So, mm-hmm. came home, thought about it, talked to, you know, Fred, the owner, about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I think it's a good idea. You know, I think it's a good, you know, move. I think you should do it. I was like, okay, well, let's go. I'll do it. So I called Gene and said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be more than happy to. So mm-hmm. that's great. You know, for the first few years there, you know, I was just, you know, kind of quiet and listening. Mm-hmm. You know? and, Take it, um, taking it all in and, yeah, understanding what, yeah. 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 Yeah, understanding what the role is or what your yeah. position is or what the needs are and yeah. Yeah. you know, um it was very interesting. You know, yeah, uh, the absolutely. first my first project was working with Lloyd Quinney and um Jim Golly mm-hmm. on the scholarship program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the scholarship program's unique because we give students the funding to make it into school, you know, mm-hmm. and pay for mm-hmm. school that would otherwise not have it. So we're giving them an opportunity at 
a career. Yeah, and I'll I'll be the first to tell you that it is not any fun reading all the scholarships. Yeah. But I feel very strongly that if these individuals took the time to apply, then out of respect, we need to read every one of them. Every single so one, I, sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and grade them appropriately. So over the years, I came up with you know how I do it, how I go about it. I, when we get the scholarships, I know when the end date is, and you know I just you know every night when I get home, I read a few of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and then sometimes I'll go back and read a couple, and you know just to yeah. understand what they're talking about. But yeah, yeah, so, digest, yeah, yeah, digest yeah. it a little bit, come back, yeah, see it again, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's very gratifying to understand that yeah. some of these students that have made it through mm-hmm. the IEC program, we had a direct effect on that. Yeah, you know, this um, you know, there's there there are, yeah, well, there are journeymen out there, Spencer, that yeah, have gone through the program, have got help from the foundation, and they've graduated, and they've you know, became a, a journeyman, and then they became maybe a, you know, project foreman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, just moved up the ladder, and now they're able to. You know, own a house, have a nice vehicle, have a family, take the family on vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, have kids, and you know all that stuff. And you know, the foundation is, you know, the road is, the road is well traveled, but you never know which way you're going to go. And, <laughs> well said. Well said. You know, um, you know, with a lot of these young individuals, you know, it was a great opportunity for me. It takes me back to when I was sitting in. My parents' house trying to make a decision on do I go into the car used car industry or do I go into electrical trade? Right. Right. So oh and the the side note on the gentleman I used to work for, I said karma was tough. Yeah. Um it was probably uh probably eight years, nine years mm-hmm. after I started working for Fred that uh Fred came back to me and said, Here, I want to give you this and it on mm-hmm. the on the envelope it said personal confidential. Yeah, okay. I looked at it, I go, Okay. So I opened it up and it was a gentleman I used to work for, it was his resume, he was asking us for a job. And I was like, Wow. Interesting. Wow. And uh Fred had said to me, he goes I think it'd be appropriate if you told them that we weren't hiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it's kind of a mean kind of karma, but you know it is what it is. You know, come sometimes you reap what you sow. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. You know, but, but yeah, the, on, a, on the good note is, is that I'd say since then I've seen him several times, and you know, he's, he's apologized for the way he used to act and the way he used yeah. to treat us. So yeah, you know, it was an eye opener. That, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's it's interesting, yeah, because the choices in life, the choices that we make, lead us lead us to where we are today. If if mm-hmm. we decided to take a as insignificant as they seem at the time, even or or as significant as they seem at the time, um, yeah, we decided to take a right turn instead of a left turn. Well, that right turn then led to other opportunities. And and yeah, yeah, and and sometimes life leads us down the the road into a cul de sac and we find ourselves turning around and coming back and 
you know what? Yeah, some sure. things don't work, and and uh, you know we'll see the scenery a little bit differently, and and keep plugging on. But uh, it's it's interesting, yeah, along your your career path there too, and and how that piece that you just shared of, of it giving you perspective. I think that that um, Fred was was sharing with you a little bit of perspective is that you were conscious and in control of your career by choosing. Yeah, Merit Shop Electrical Contracting and getting into it and getting into the really submersing yourself, Tom. And, and, and that yes. that I think is coming in, it's coming in very loud and clear too is that you are you are passionate. You are so passionate. You see so many opportunities and you're you're so um, giving within everything you do. And and you've also been on the receiving end of that of yeah. the company that has supported you in your growth and and afforded you those opportunities that you're. You're paying it forward, and you're 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 taking leadership roles and staying active within the industry that has supported you and your family, um, and and staying up to snuff on on uh, you know safety issues, code issues, you know education, new technology, all that stuff, and and uh, it's, it's it's fascinating. I'm, I'm just my head's kind of spinning just just um, you know hearing hearing you tell more of your story because you you and I know each other pretty well, and and yeah. um, but I, I haven't I. We've we've never sat down and had you know this detailed of a conversation about it, and it's it's terrific, it's terrific. So I, I appreciate you appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah. Great. Well, great. It, it's it's been a nice road so far, and so you know, far it's, it's, right. it, it has its ups and downs, and you know there's you, you know hard choices, and there's you know hard decisions you have to make along the way. But yes, you know, um, getting back to the how I got to where I'm at now in the foundation, yeah. you know, yeah. it was kind of, it was kind of strange because we, you know, we were moving along and then Gene left the, the chairmanship and Greg went into it. When uh, Greg went into it, that's when the foundation made the transition back from an independent of national back to national and, and getting under their umbrella again. And, you know, the transition, you know, Greg did a super job with putting mm-hmm. the transition together. And there was a lot of stuff yeah. that, you know, I was just, I was just um, enamored, I guess, with the foundation. And, you know, I would, I would always, I would probably talk to Greg once every two weeks and just, mm-hmm. you know, hey, what's the deal with this? And what's the deal with that? You know? And, yeah. 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 So, you know, we developed a good relationship and, you know, we talked a lot, mm-hmm. you know, about foundation stuff and, um, you know, and it was probably two years ago. It was right before Phoenix. Yeah, it was right, it's funny. Everything is right before a convention, or the convention <laughs> reminds me of it. You know, where we were, what city. You know, you you punctuate your life and and the the turns that it takes by by IEC conventions. I I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I was on the phone with. Uh, with Troy Clark. Yeah. And we were we were talking. He he was I think he was membership and we were mm-hmm. talking a little bit about uh regional stuff because Troy was trying to talk me into becoming a regional director and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, Well, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. I you know, I would like to eventually at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes and then Troy just asked me, he goes, Well, what's your plan? Yeah, and that's that's just Troy. You know, Troy's great. I love Troy because right. he's straight with you. 
Uh, yep. There's no exactly. bullshit. He's straight yep. with you. Right. And I said, well, I said, don't tell anybody. I said, but one of these days, I want to be the chairman of the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's like, well, I could understand, you know, not wanting to be on a regional, you know, being a regional director if you want right. to get on the foundation. Right. So he's like, yeah, well, that's kind of where I'm hoping to go. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to push Greg out. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, going to have him assassinated or anything. Just, you know, but right. that's my goal. You know, you got to have goals. Yeah. So it wasn't a week later. Greg calls me up, or he texts me first, because now we're into texting, you know, instead of the rotary dial phone when I was trying to make my decision. (laughs) Now we're we're into texting, you know. uh, Yeah. He says, hey, man, uh, I need to talk to you when you got some free time. I was like, you know, my typical text back, I always have time for the chairman. Call me whenever you want. And uh, they called me, and what's going on? And we little small talk stuff. He said, well, I'll tell you what. The real reason I'm calling you is this. Um, I'm going to hear back tomorrow from my financial advisor, and if the if the money's right, I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's great. I'm happy for you, you know. And I'm hoping to get there someday, too, you know. And I said, well, I was wondering how you felt about becoming the chairman and taking my place. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, did Troy Corrigan call him? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you put it Which out he, in the universe. You you, you yeah. focused on what you wanted and you act and, and you went to actualize it. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's truth oh. be told, no, he didn't, yeah. say, he didn't right, say anything. Right. But, you know, it was just yeah. like, it was weird. You know, it was kind of like mm-hmm. when you think of somebody that you haven't seen in yep. quite some time, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you see them, you, you bump into like them at the grocery three days store. Three Yep, yep. Yeah, it was yep. kind of like that. Yep. Yeah. So, I was, again, I was like, well, you know, let me think about it. And let me, you know, at this point in time, I don't own the company, so you know, this is yeah. something that you know, it's always it has always been a decision of myself and Fred, and you know, I think she'll, I think he'll. Yeah, you know, say heck yeah, but you know, I still gotta ask, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I went in and asked Fred and Fred's like, Oh, you think you can do it? Mm-hmm. I was like, No, we'll give it a shot. I mean, yeah. what's the worst they can do? Fire me? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh and uh he's like, Go for it. So uh in Phoenix Greg was stepped out and uh that's when I had my opportunity to step in. So Wow. It went, wow. it went well. It went well. I mean, yeah. we weren't all the way transitioned, and I think we had Jeffrey back then, and you mm-hmm. know, the, you know, Jeffrey ended up going a different direction, and mm-hmm. you know, we were kind of, you know, national staff was helping us out the best they could, and mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of, you know, a little bit crazy, but we got yeah. it together, and uh, right. we're we're very fortunate with. Um, you know, yourself and Vernice yeah. with yeah. brought us Lene Howard. And mm-hmm. said, you know, I think this I think this is a, a pretty smart girl and I think we ought to take an opportunity to give her an opportunity. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. 
And that's what we did. She started out part time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she's a very interesting lady, and uh, I mean that in a good way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she uh, she taught special needs kids, and yeah. uh, she was helping us part time with foundation mm-hmm. while she was still teaching. So she was kind of working two jobs. Right. right. And um, she was finishing up going and, to school too at the at the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 correct. Yeah, she had a lot going on. Yeah, and she was doing a fabulous job for us. You know, yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, you know, So I think you and I and Dean Credit had you know a conversation and you know looking for you know we were actually getting in a spot where we could offer a full time position. Correct. And uh, you know I had approached Lene and I said you know okay what are your goals because you know, we need to kind of understand where you're going or what you mm-hmm. want to do because mm-hmm. I didn't want to offer her the job if that wasn't her goal. Mm-hmm. Right, and, right, um, right. Yeah, I remember that. You know, she had said that you know, she wanted to be the, you know, work for the foundation full time. Yeah. So I think that's when you and I both kind of sprang into action and, yeah, you, know, you took care of the legal parts of it. I just took care of the you're hired. And and we've done a tremendous amount of work in the last couple of years with this. Yeah, I think that uh, yeah, I think that um, you know, with with our great partner, the Home Depot. Yeah, you know, they've helped yeah. us out a lot with the Pro Extra program and. Mm-hmm. You know, when that started out, I don't think you're in the position you were in right now. I think you're still mm-hmm. out in Colorado. And when that mm-hmm. first started, the Home Depot Pro Extra program, you know, it took us a while to really get a yep. substantial amount of money in. And yeah. I think the first the first amount of money we got in was like seventy eight thousand dollars, I think. Right. Right. And I had asked the uh foundation coordinator at the time i said is this earmarked money or anything and she was like no we can do with it whatever we want mm-hmm. so immediately i called gene mania i said i got an idea mm-hmm. he's you know and then and gene and the gene's way goes okay kid go for it <laughs> so, <laughs> you know so what i did was i arranged you know a, a mm-hmm. crew yeah. you know and it was it was made up of foundation members and it was also mm-hmm. made up of executive directors throughout the country mm-hmm. because yeah. it's it's been my experience if you really want a full view of IEC, you have to get it throughout. You have to have people throughout the country, south, north, east, right. west. Right. Diverse group of yeah. perspective. You have to have a diverse and, group yeah. of perspective. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. I, you invited yeah. me to that. You invited me to that yeah. group. I don't know if you remember that, but I, I do when I was still, that, yeah. yeah, when I when I was at at the chapter in in Colorado and Wyoming, yeah, that, yeah, you, you were the me west. That. That. You were the west opinion. Okay, the west kicking it west side. West. Kicking it west side. Yeah. Well, because you know what my plan and my idea was was we wanted to help fund the chapters in their classroom because right. the foundation right. the foundation offers. The equipment grant, which gets the equipment into the classroom, Correct. but where I felt that a lot of chapters were, and the smaller chapters were falling short, was they could apply for all this equipment, 
mm-hmm. and they'd get it, but then they wouldn't have the money to build the lab, you know. So, you know, that's how it kind of started with the Home Depot for Exit program. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was either, I thought it was you that said, mm-hmm. instead of focusing on just the lab, maybe we should focus on the cross the threshold of the classroom. Right, right. It was a suggestion because then that way it was able to, it was able to open up the chapters to, you know, if they needed new tables and chairs, if they needed right. you know, new whiteboards or mm-hmm. what have you. And, you know, the whole sole purpose of the Home Depot Proactive Program in the beginning, our, our goal was to set up, a, set up chapters and give them the opportunity to make a nice, engaging learning environment. Mm-hmm. Not only for the student, but yet, you know, if the executive director is courting potential new members to the chapter, you know, why, you know the, the, the new member would come in and go, right, well, why wouldn't right. I join this place? Look at it. Look at it. You exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge you impression. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So not only would we, you know, our goal was, you know, we've met the goal of helping the student, but else we help the chapter with growing their chapter mm-hmm. and giving them an opportunity to really provide a, a nice place for contractors to do continuing education yeah. or even yeah. just send their students there, you right. know. Right. So and we, what we did was we, um, I felt pretty strongly that this is a good direction and we didn't know year after year how much money was coming in. So with that in mind, I had said that, well, this will be our goal and this is what we're going to do for this grant, but we're going to put a three-year term on it mm-hmm. so that that way at the end of three years, it gave us the opportunity to review it, see if it's working, you know, understand the amount of money that's coming in. And if we had other avenues we wanted to go down, it would give us the opportunity to explore other avenues. Right. So right. that worked out. You know, now here we are, we're in our we're going into our fourth season. Fourth year. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth year yeah. of uh you know, money coming in and yeah. you know, we evaluated it and mm-hmm. we're still you know, we still have the Proexer taken care of. We broke it down into percentages and we mm-hmm. still have a percentage of the money going toward, you know, the the chapters in their classrooms. And mm-hmm. you know, we started two new um programs within the program where we are supporting the apprenticeship and training committee on their educational processes. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and then uh the last portion was, uh, well, there's two more portions. We took a portion and put it towards scholarships so we could help, you know, fund students in the school. Mm-hmm. And then we also had a chapter development portion of it. So we're going to help mm-hmm. the, you know, we're, we're trying to help the, the smaller chapters with, you know, whatever their needs may be to help them grow, you know. And, yeah. you know, we're going to find out, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not going to be like we're a small chapter, give us money. You know, they have yeah. to have, you know, okay, we're trying to grow, we're trying to do right. this, this is our plan, and right. this is, 
you know, how we're going to do it. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, that it's, it's worked out really well. Worked out really That's well. Terrific. For That's terrific. That's terrific. And well, and your, yeah. And your leadership is, is, has been um, critical within the foundation's uh, success in, in developing that piece, continuing on with the scholarship program we talked about earlier um, that is, is, yeah, help to help to start and, and continue the careers of hundreds, if not thousands, of, of students at this point um, within our, our industry and within within uh, the IEC network. Um, and then we got our the uh, the equipment grant program um, that that uh, that we also work with there too on the on the foundation side and uh, Schneider Electric and. And, um, and the Eaton Corporation. Our folks at Eaton Corporation are critical within that. Um, Gray Bar has helped to play a bit of a role in, in recent years too. Um, and and it's yeah, it's it's nowhere but up. And then then we do some fun stuff over there in the foundation too. We we you know got the annual golf tournament that that you've helped to spearhead uh, over the years too. That helped to bring together the community um, when we come typically yes. yeah it goes with convention you know so it's People coming from across the country and um, the charitable golf tournament um, for uh, Tom Jones Memorial. Um, yeah, and, and that that is really yeah. This was probably our best year in quite some time, and yeah, yeah. I really contribute that to the success of this. To you know, we had good success because I felt like the ND chapter really participated. Yeah, and yeah. I feel that. With the way the economy is going, there's more people going to convention, more people that want to get, you know, take advantage of things like this. And, you know, my hat's off to our program coordinator, you know, foundation coordinator, Lene Howard, because, you know, she was buffed up. She had it together. Um, the previous year, she came to Phoenix with us. And I told mm-hmm. her, I said, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really expect much out of you. I just want you to kind of, Watch and learn, and Absorb, you know, ask yeah. questions, yeah. and yeah. you know, and you know, the biggest advantage too was um, Nancy Levy out of the Arizona chapter is very active with us as far as helping us with the golf outing, and you know, she opened our eyes to a few things where we could to be better at. And, you know, we got better, and you know, she was a big help to our success also. So I really, my hats off to Nancy and Lene both. So absolutely. Absolutely. And the Indianapolis chapter, you know, with Sherry yeah. Puckett. So. Yeah. But then, it's, uh, it, it's funny. Well, if I could interrupt real quick, because, you know, like, it, it, you're illustrating, too, that the potency of the community of coming together that IEC is, is that that it's it's the hands and the backs of, of hardworking, committed people that help to really bring about the magic of of yeah. everything that, that this group does. Yeah. Um, well, see... Here's here's the key to the magic. The key to the magic I feel is if you have an idea and you mm-hmm. share it, mm-hmm. and you share it and you share it, and the people that you share it with understand your passion yeah. and understand yeah. where you're going and there's buy-in, and then all of a sudden they want it just as much as you do. And... Right. With our IEC community throughout the country, you know, we're very, we've been able to be very successful. At least I've been able to be very successful. I mean, yeah. Yeah. we uh, we talked about in foundation, you know, how we could, you know, have another revenue source come in or, you know, I mean, it was explained to me years ago 
by Jeff Hiker, who's a former chairman of the foundation. He said, Tom, it's real simple. Foundation is real simple. Raise money, give it away. (laughs) (laughs) At at its core, yeah. It's a philanthropic organization. It's a, a, a conduit, a conduit for success. Yeah, it comes in one side, goes back yeah. out to the industry, and, and purpose-driven programs and and grants and awards. So, yeah. So we're we're kicking around here because we have a fundraising committee, and we're mm-hmm. kicking around ideas, and you know, finally, and I don't know who. I think it was more of a community effort. We kind of always like, yeah, 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 you know. But you know, it kind of came up. Uh, well, what you know, they're contractors. What do they like? You know, right? right. And um, I was like, well, I see a lot of them smoking cigars, and <laughs> I said, well, I see a lot of them drinking, you know, bourbon or whiskeys, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, ding, ding, ding. Why don't we have a bourbon or a, <laughs> what started out? I think it started out originally as a bourbon and a cigar tasting, and um. The Houston chapter, Helene Webster said, well, you know, I've got mm-hmm. a guy who mm-hmm. does a lot of different whiskeys, and, you know, maybe we could get him into town to uh, educate us all on it. And it was like, okay, well, let's let's think about this. So let's find a venue first that will right. let us smoke cigars and drink whiskey, which right. is very difficult these days. It, it uh, is these days, isn't it? Yeah. It's not easy, okay? But we did. With the help of Sherry Puckett, she was a lifesaver, and Brian Enns Keep out of the Indianapolis chapter that you know, we were able to find the university club over in downtown Indianapolis. So, you know, so we brought the whiskey, we brought the cigars together, and you know, we had a DJ, and you know, it was for our first one. It was quite a successful night. I think we raised eight thousand dollars. You know, it was great, and everybody had a great yeah. time. Learned more about the foundation, and now there's excitement for the future too. Yeah, and they learned, you know, there's, you know, and I was really surprised because when the gentleman, and I forget his name, was talking about the whiskey, is Gordon. I forget his name, his first name was Gordon. I remember that because I always thought it was when Helene was talking about, she was talking, I thought she was talking about Gordon Stewart doing this. And I was like, really? <laughs> you know, but his name was Gordon. And there's a lot of people that came up to me afterwards and said, you know, this Gordon guy's really smart. I really enjoyed listening to him and, you know, telling us the history and, you know, what we're tasting and things like that. So, you know, maybe next year we'll make it an educational session. I don't know. <laughs> you know, see if we right, get right, right. For these contractors. <laughs> <laughs> put, put it in one of the classrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you get this many uh, credits. Right, right, right. Go, so, go towards but, the uh, Yeah, so you know, it, and you know the 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 most gratifying thing about watching a cigar and whiskey tasting transform was watching the subcommittee work on it, put it together, and execute it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everybody worked together. You know. Hey, we right, need cigars. Right. Hey, I'll get. I'll, I'll make sure I get the cigars. Hey, we need to come up with whiskey. Well, give us a list of the whiskey, okay? Well, mm-hmm. you know, Tom, you got this. Dan, you got that. You know, and you know, everybody worked together to make it a success. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. you know that was really you know the power of IEC. Absolutely, absolutely, coming yeah. together, working together towards common yeah. goal, 
and rocking it out of the park. That's what we do. That's what we yeah. do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Tom, so. Tom, in your in all your free time, I mean, you, you, we've established that you've got a volunteering problem here, uh, <laughs> and, oh, uh. and uh, and and we're very grateful for that because yeah, you have provided leadership insights and solutions that have helped countless people through the years. Anything from uh, from that the the safety video um, way back on uh, VHS tapes through to. Um, yeah, these new programs that you've worked to help to develop um, with the Home Depot Pro Extra program and, you know, giving back to our, our uh, schools throughout the country. Um, what do you do in your time off? Well, um, I like to play golf. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite, you know, sports to do because, you know, as you get up there yeah. in years, you know, the, you know, I played basketball in high school and I played basketball after high school for a little bit and, uh-huh. Yeah, I played some touch football after high school, and um, yeah, you can get hurt and really get in trouble there. You know, oh yeah, you know, I have to be physically able to perform. You know my work. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I played some competitive softball, and you know, then it just if it would rain, you were done. You know, yeah, it was like always a big letdown because it was like the day you're supposed to play, it was always nice. Yeah. And then right around two, three o'clock, it would just storm, and then you're done. Yeah. You can't play yeah. that night. And then I was like, "Geez, this is." Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when I was hmm, probably eleven, ten, mm-hmm. eleven years old, was yeah. when uh, my mother put golf clubs in my hand and mm-hmm. got me lessons, and we got into the Young Golfers Association, and really, um, yeah. And uh, yeah. I was involved there, and you know, we—I mean, I, looking back, I understand it now because I'd wake up in the morning, mom would make breakfast, and then she'd hand me and my brother our YGA cards, and um, the golf course was just across the street and up the hill, and she'd go see you at four o'clock. It was like eight o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and this was only a nine-hole course. All yeah, right? we had some yeah. lunch money, and you know, so it was a babysitting tool for my mother. I think you know, I'm one of six kids, so yeah, yeah. You know, she had to get rid of some of us, and yeah, but a productive one at that. Boy. Productive one at that. Yeah. yeah, and and you were active yeah. and physically active, and it gave you yeah. gave you skills. I've, right. I've seen you hit a golf ball. You know what the heck you're doing? Well. It was uh it was a very good learning experience for me because it was a nine hole course and you know, you, you got all day out there. And you had to be respectful to the older people that were coming through and playing, you know, we'd let them right, play right. through and things and but like there were times like, okay, the first round we get to use all the clubs in our bag. And then yeah. the next round, whoever like my brother, I would he would always take a club out of my bag and I'd always take a club out of his bag. You know, okay. Kind of hand, then the next round, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the next round, yeah, because we get through nine holes just walking in no time. You know. Yeah. yeah. So by the end of the the day, you'd be playing with like one club. <laughs> you know, you got to tee off with it. You got to hit your second shot with it. You got to putt with it. That's great. And so it got That's really, yeah, you know, yeah, it got really challenging. So I, um, you know, at the risk of blowing my own horn, I I got really good at it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
we were playing, I played in the Young Golfers Association Championship every year. They had a tournament at the end of the year. And, yeah, three straight years, I won it, no problem. You know, I mean, it was probably, you know, and I was young and immature. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. 13, 14. And wild. We were, uh, yeah, we were. Uh, wild job. I was playing, and I was playing Joe Bussey. And Joe Bussey was a country club kid. Gotcha. And uh, we got down to the last hole and uh, had to make the putt to win. And not only did no, I miss kidding. the putt, yeah, not only did I miss the putt, I missed the second uh, putt to tie and lost. To Joe Bussey? Yeah. Man. And uh, I took every one of my clubs and broke them because I was just, I was young really? and mature and I was just, you oh. know, a hothead. Ouch. And my and my mother looked at me and said, "The next time you will play golf is when you buy your own golf clubs." Yeah, yeah. So I didn't pick golf back up till <laughs> probably about twenty six, twenty seven. Really? When you could afford yeah. them? When you could afford them after you became an electrician? Well, yeah, I was an electrician. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. No, it wasn't. It was. I remember it like it was yesterday because. We had, like, the neighborhood I lived in at that time had some golfers in it, and they always do, a, you know, a, a, a weekend. It's not a weekend, but it, on, on the weekend of right before Labor Day, all the guys go out and they play a scramble. and Like a tournament. You know, thing so, thing. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, and I never played in it, you know, because I was just like, you know, oh, i got to work, you know, i got something going on, but. So one year, I was like, hey, uh, can you play? I was like, well, I don't have any clubs. And, and they, I guess Chuck Cole, the guy who asked me to play, thought he was, like, getting, you know, the last guy picked, you know. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I, I got some clubs, but, you know, they're my wife's clubs. Can you hit them? I go, well, sure I can, you know. You could, hit, you could yeah, if you were, like, yeah, if, if your brother left you using a putter to tee off and to hit, you know, you know you can use anything. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure I can. Well, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't swung a golf club in quite some time. And yeah. the uh, first three holes, it was kind of off a little bit. But after that third hole, it just all clicked. And I'll never forget the look on his face when yeah. I finally threw the golf ball straight. And yeah. it was it was 300-plus. Really? You know, and... We got up to that. He's looking around. Yeah, he's looking around. He's going, I've never played from this far up here before. And I I hit a wedge in. I hit a wedge in within six inches and knocked it in and buried the hole myself. Yeah. And he looked at me and said, have you ever played golf before? (laughs) Yeah, I used to play when I was a kid. Yeah, that's great. Uh, It came back like riding a bicycle for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was... uh, so I was like, okay, well, you know, our daughter's getting, you know, old enough to where, you know, I don't have to, you know, be at home all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, I put myself in a position where, you know, and now that I'm older, I understand it a little bit better. It was just, you know, when you have kids and they're young and, you know, it's difficult to, you know, be able to enjoy life like you used to before you yep. were married and had kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... You know, it was like at the point where, okay, I can pick golf back up, you know, and 
I went to play it against sports and bought some used clubs and beat them around for a while. And and then eventually I started getting back to where I used to be. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny. uh, I play in a Friday night league and Uh not, not very many people know this, Mm -hmm. but uh, for the past 10 years, I've had a, um, a lady as my uh, partner. Oh, really? Sylvia. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, um, how it worked out was I ended up, my partner was leaving and her partner was going somewhere and another team wanted to come in. So mm-hmm. the league president's like, you mind playing with Sylvia? I was like, I don't mind. I just want to play on Friday nights. You know, yeah. doesn't matter to yeah. me. <laughs> so I'll sit there and then every once in a while I get myself in a bad spot. And I'll tell her what kind of shot I want to hit. She's like, you want to do mm-hmm. What? <laughs> that's so, right, Sylvia. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, but a lot of times it does work. But uh, Sylvia, when I got her, she was 70 years old. And uh, this year... Wait, you've been with her 10 years and she was 70 when, when you started playing with her? Yes. My goodness. Exactly. Wow, wow. Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah, and uh, this year she turned 80, or this past year she turned 80, and we won the league. No uh, kidding. Congratulations. Yeah, she was 79 years old. We won the league twice with her, so, but she was 79. It was just kind of special because she really played a good part in helping us win it. I mean, because she'll still shoot. I mean, she shoots anywhere from... 55 to 58 to 60, but every once in a while, she yeah, holds. Yeah. You know, she's throwing a 48 at you or a 52, and she's getting those points. So That's great. That's yeah, great. but it was cool. But, yeah, I play golf with uh, on Friday nights with an 80-year-old woman. So she's great. That's cool. She's wonderful. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. a lot of fun. Like I play, fun. play with my mom. You know, my mom's passed, and you know, I think that's yeah. how I, you know, enjoy myself. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, I like the... Yeah. I like to play golf, and then I like to do a lot of projects around my house. You know, I always, mm-hmm. you know. You've always got something trying, going on. Yeah. Yeah, I always yeah. try and, you know, when I was brought up, you know, when we were brought up, it was, mm-hmm. you know, the 70s and the early, you know, the 80s yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it was tough, and, you know, if something was broke, you had to fix it yourself. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to do something, you know, you had to do it yourself. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh you know, and I'll, I'll always respect my parents for the way they raised me as far as, mm-hmm. you know, with the factor of, hey, you have to achieve something, you have you gotta, to do it. You can't you rely work on anybody. It. Yeah, you got to work right. for it. Yeah. Well, even even so, like the uh, even like the golf clubs piece, you know, like that, you 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 were afforded a set of golf clubs when you were young, and mm-hmm. then you took it upon yourself to make a decision. To dispose of yeah. those in a unorthodox way, <laughs> and yeah. you're and it, and it turned into a teaching opportunity for your mother at that point. Yeah. You need to yeah. afford those again on your own to be able to do it. Yeah. And and look at it now. It's it, you know I, I, when I asked you what do you do for fun, that was the first thing that came out of your mouth. Even though there was a a hiatus of about you know twelve yeah. twelve or fourteen years there, where you didn't have that opportunity to play. So yeah. interesting, interesting. So, but yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, well, I just, I try, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah. yeah, that's what I kind of like to do for fun. I like to play golf and 
um, you know, I like do projects around the house, and yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of times if somebody needs a hand with something, I usually, you know, I'm, I'm one of six kids, so I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and oh yeah, yeah, they always have something going on they need Uncle Tommy for. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? great. That's great. Well, you know. we all need we all need Uncle Tommy in our lives, and um, we're very fortunate to have you a part of part of IEC and the IEC family and and everything that you do, Tom. Um, I want to I want to thank you also for sharing some of your story with us uh, for this podcast to be able to help to help to inspire those that are are looking at career choices and and knowing where do you go when you're a young person and and um, yeah I think the lesson here is is that you're in control of your career uh, in the merit shop electrical and systems contracting world um, you can be very successful and you can be you can you can be very smart about your business decisions and you can have a big heart to be able to give back uh, at the same time. So it, it fills multiple buckets of need uh, in your life. And, and somebody like, like Tom Alexander, my friend, you are a, you're a shining example of, of success in any definition well, of the word. So thank well, you, thank sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, thank you. And it, it's, you know, it's being an opportunity to be a member of something that is bigger than any of us. You know, and that's the IEC. And you know, I like to tell everybody I'm I'm IEC raised. (laughs) You know, if if that makes sense to anybody, but absolutely, absolutely, the ones that understand, they'll get it. That's right. That's right. Well, Tommy, thank you again, my friend. I appreciate it. No problem. uh, No problem. I enjoyed this. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners out there. This has been another installment of the IEC podcast series, The Electrical Current. You can check us out at ieci.org. And if you're interested in career opportunities within the electrical and systems industry, jump over to myelectriccareer.com. That's myelectriccareer.com to learn more and start on your path to achieve your dreams.